Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. So good to see each of you in the house of the Lord this morning. We're so glad for our visitors. Let's give our visitors a good round of applause. Thank you for being with us. Amen. By the way, we have had a family transfer in from Ohio. Danielle and Zachary Lee and their small child. Just wave your hand there. Please make them feel welcome to the family of God. Great people from Ohio. Amen. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing, fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And verse 18 says, but with thee will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And today I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. God has a plan for my family. And if you don't have a family, God has a plan for you. Amen. God has a plan for my family. God bless you. You may be seated. Would anybody like to hear the word preached this morning? Yes. Amen. Praise God. The days of Noah. I appreciated Brother Meyer's uh, lesson this morning. Brother Mike Meyer, he did a great job. We got a hand and glove going here today. He talked about the call of Moses, and I'm going to talk about the call of Noah. In the days of Noah, it became extremely wicked. God even pointed out their, their imaginations, much less their words and their actions, were evil continually. He was so grieved that he said, that's it. I have had enough. I am going to destroy the entire earth. But God is a righteous God. And he will not destroy with the righteous with the ungodly. And because he found one man, a man by the name of Noah, he had to come up with a plan, even if it was only for one guy and for his family. And so he came up with this plan. I, uh, we are living in a wicked world, folks. A few years ago, I discovered a great new technology invention. It's called a DVR. You do not have to watch live television anymore. You're you don't like the commercials and all that stuff. You don't have to watch them. If you want to watch a program, no matter what it is, as long as it's appropriate and you and Jesus can sit down together and watch it, you can DVR it. 
and you can watch it on your schedule and God's schedule. No more excuses for not being able to teach a Bible study on Tuesday night because your favorite program is on. You can DVR it and watch it when you want to. Now that's what I do with the news, by the way. I can't stand watching the news anymore. Somebody's shot to acts of terrorism and all kinds of that stuff. So you know what I do? I just go boop. And I wait for the weather. And that takes about two minutes. And then boop. And then I watch a little of the sports. And that's it. Delete. It's real simple. But you know what? We're living in a day similar to Noah's day. It's evil continually. And God got so upset with it that he said, that's it. I've had enough. But before he could do that, he had to come up with a plan for Noah. And he said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. And I want you to pitch that boat within and without. I'm going to give you a blueprint It's amazing to me if you look at Genesis chapter six and verse 14, three verses, three verses for a man that's supposed to build a boat. Make an ark of gopher wood. Rooms you will make in the ark. Pitch it within and without with pitch. This is the fashion from which you shall make of it. The length shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height of it 30 cubits. A window you will make in the ark, and in a cubit you will finish it above, and the door shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third story shalt thou make it. That's it. How's that for a blueprint? Three verses. Tells you what kind of material tells you what size, tells you to pitch it within and pitch it without, but that's it. That's that's pretty abstract. That's not a lot to work with. How many of you have uh, either seen the replica or, or on a picture or maybe went to this ark that has been built in Kentucky Uh, Just south of Cincinnati, there's a place where they built an ark to size. And I saw that this past winter, and it was amazing how huge this ship is. It is the largest land vessel that there is right now. It's much bigger than you think, folks. And he gives only the dimensions, the wood, and the pitch. That's it. You're going to have to trust me as we go along. I'll give you the rest of the details, Noah. Now, I, I, I want you to preach with me today. I'm going to tell you a story that really happened and ask you to get a spiritual application out of it so that it fits you. I want you to be Noah today. I want you to be Noah today. God comes to you and asks you to do something like this. Would you feel overwhelmed? And and he says, hey, uh, we're building this boat for you and your sons and their wives and your wife, eight people, and a bunch of animals. What about the rest of the people? 
And what is my responsibility to the people that are around me? Well, I want you to tell them. I want you to tell them that I'm going to bring a flood on the earth and I'm going to destroy everything that can't swim. So picture this. Noah starts building a boat. And people start coming up and saying, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm building this boat. Want to help me? No. Why would I want to build a boat? Well, you want to build a boat, Noah said, because it's going to rain. Well, what's rain? I've never seen any rain. Well, rain is is these water droplets that come out of the sky, or and and God's going to open up the the water that's underneath the ground, and then that's going to come up, and then the rain's going to come down, and and the whole earth is going to be flooded, and every mountain is going to be covered, and everything that can't swim for over a year is going to die. Now, where did you ever get such an idea, Noah? Well, God spoke to me. No, no. I heard that you have a vineyard. You must be drinking fermented wine. You must be drunk and out of your mind. No, I know what God told me to do. God is sick of the sin that's going on, and and he wants me to build this ark. Now, hold on, Noah. You think you're the only one that believes in God? I believe in God. Matter of fact, I, I, I go to church once a week. You do? I didn't know you went to church. And the man said, yeah, I go to church. He said, I go to, go to that church over there. I live any way I want to live during the week, and I go to church for an hour on, on this one day during the week, and, and that's it. And it's a great church. You can come as you are and leave as you came. There are no rules, there's no restrictions, no guidelines, no principles. What kind of a church is that? Well, well, we call that church Burger King. Have it your way. Anything goes. Whatever you want to believe, just believe something. Just say you believe in God. And, and you know the main song we sing on, on that day that we have church together? I did it my way. That's our theme song. And everybody's happy and everybody's comfortable and there's, and there's no judgmental people in our congregation. See, we believe in God. Why do you have to be so radical? Why do you have to be so fanatical about what you believe? You're, you're, you're judgmental and you're legalistic. And Noah said, now wait just a minute. This is what God told me to do. Now, I, I don't know about your faith or what you believe, but I know what God has revealed to me. Is somebody going to preach with me today? I know what God has revealed to me. And I am obligated to do everything exactly as God has instructed me to do it. I'm talking to the church now. Don't get this, this easy believism in your system. Anything goes. Just believe something or anything and call it God and 
Don't go there. If God says, make a boat, make a boat. If he says, make it out of gopher wood, make it out of gopher wood. Do I need to go on? If he says, pitch it within and pitch it without, then pitch it within and pitch it without. Build it exactly the size that he tells you to build it because you're gonna need all the room. And if you build it in the fashion that he says to build it, it won't sink. Anybody preaching with me today? And I'll tell you how to do this as we go along because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters of God. You don't need to know everything, Noah, about building this ark on the day that you start to build it. Now, Noah had some other things that he had to deal with too. By the way, he worked a full-time job, you know. It appears to me that, that he had vineyards. He grew grapes. That was his way of making an income. That didn't stop. God didn't say, now okay, you just build the ark because I've dropped three suitcases of money on you that'll last you long enough to finish the job. So you work your job and you serve God. Is anybody preaching with me today? Well, if I was full-time in the ministry, I remember years ago, had a man that uh, said that to me. He said, you know, I, I really wish that someday I could be like you and, and all I ever had to do was preach a sermon on Sunday morning once a week. Just sit around and talk with people all the time. I'd, I'd like to have a job like that. I said, be careful what you ask for. You know not what you ask for. One day... His foreman said, sir, today you're going to have to do this other job because this guy's not in today. And the man said, I work for the union. I don't work for you. I'm not doing it. He said, well, you're going to do it or you're fired. And he fired him. And now he was free. And you know what he did? He couldn't even come to church anymore. Much less... Do what he thought that he would do if he had all this time. We have responsibilities beyond serving God that should not be neglected. Whether it's a job or your family, we do that. We take care of those things. We protect those things. And God guides us as we go along in this project. I'm glad that God didn't say to Noah, Noah, it's gonna take you 120 years to build this thing. That would have been overwhelming for Noah, right? And God doesn't do things that way. We just take them one day at a time. We don't know how long it's gonna take, but we're gonna do what we are asked to do because we are the friend of God. Let me give you this. If a master has a servant in front of him, that is called a, if the man walks in front of his master, that is called a servant. If he walks behind him, he is called a slave. But if he walks beside him, he is called a friend. 
What a friend we have in Jesus. If he asks me to do something, I will serve, but I prefer to be at his side. Prefer to be at his side. Now let's, let's see what happens here with Peter. I'm gonna make a comparison today and give you an illustration as to this building project. Now Noah's building project took 120 years. But Jesus has been in a building project for over 2,000 years. Did you know that? He's got a 2,000 year building project. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15. He said unto them, meaning the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Four words. I will build, five, I'm sorry. I will build my church. Whose church is it? It's Jesus' church. Who's going to build it? He's going to build it. He is the general contractor. He is the foreman. He will ask us to do certain things, but make no mistake about it, it's never been ours. It's always been his. And he's the one that adds to it such as should be saved. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I will build my church. We must go beyond believing and go to building. There's more to this than just believing, folks. It's work. Do you believe, Noah could have said, oh, I believe you, I believe you, God, that you're angry, and I, I believe you're gonna destroy the earth with a flood, but, but if, I, if he would not have built an ark, he would have drowned. See, believing is not enough. Believing demands a response. It demands a response. Here, I'll give you an example. I can do this with, I can do this with my friend. Now, my friend knows me pretty well, okay? Brother Cordell, please stand up. Brother Cordell, I'm gonna count to five, and I'm gonna take this hand and slap you right across the face unless you sit down. One, two, three. Now, that's believing. But if he says, oh, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you, he's going to get whacked. Thou believest in one God. How many one God believers we got here today? You're doing well. But the devil, he's a one God believer. And I don't think anybody here thinks he's going to heaven. 
So if believing can save you, then even the devil would go to heaven. But Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation to them that obey him, not just believe him. We must obey him. We must obey him. So we go beyond believing to building. We can either criticize or we can construct. We should be building people, not tearing people down. You know, everybody likes to laugh at me around here, and I, and I think that's okay. I think you have a, every right to laugh. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at destroying things. I'm good at burning things to the ground. I am an expert. My favorite tools, a weed whacker, a hammer, and a crowbar. I can destroy most anything. But that's not so in the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be building up one another's most holy faith. We are in the construction business, not the destruction business, not the demolition business. Build people. Help build the church. Because there is, with God, no multiple choice. He has no backup plan. He has no exit strategy. There's one way in, and there's only one way out. Now let's go back to the ark just for a minute. Back to the ark. How did they get in the ark? There was a door. Why would you put a door in the side of the ark? Wouldn't you want to put it on the end? I mean, if you, go, if you ever get a chance to see this ark that I talked about, you're going to ask that question. I mean, most vessels that are built, you know, that have large cargo space, they build it on the end, not with God. He builds it in the side, and I'm going to show you why. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. This is one of the most important verses of Scripture in the entire Bible, right here. Now if I asked today how many of you want to go to heaven, everybody I would think would raise their hand unless they were just lazy. But you'd all raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get there. Jesus, he's the only way. You want eternal life? And smack in the middle is truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You better get a hold of the truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. You better get a birthright and you better not sell your birthright. You better keep your birthright. Truth is what will keep you. Truth is what will keep you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now let me show you this side door. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse number seven. Verily, verily, I say unto you. How many doors were in the ark? I am the door. Not a door. 
the door. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. He says it again. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. That's why I said one way in and one way out. This is not OSHA approved. The city leaders would come and shut him down. You can't build a boat with only one door. But God said, that's the way I want it. So he built a side. Now watch this, let me take you a step further. John chapter 19, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, One of the soldiers, this is 34, John 19, 34, one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out blood and water. Where did they pierce him? In his side. Where is the door in the ark? It is in the side. It is a side door entrance and a side door exit. And when they pierced his side, out of his side came blood and water mingled together because the church is birthed from the side of Jesus. When a person is baptized in Jesus' name, there is no blood there. There's just water if you look at it from a natural standpoint. But God instituted water baptism as the place where the blood would be mingled with the water from the side of Jesus to remit our sins. It comes from his side. And where are we supposed to be? We are supposed to be at his. You need to side up with Jesus, folks. Whose side are you on? Seems to me like a great man of God asked that question. If you're on the Lord's side, step over here, he said. And the rest of them got swallowed up. You better get on the right side. You better turn right and go straight. That's all right. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 and 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord. One faith. You got your faith and I got mine. Well, somebody's wrong. I just got to tell you. Oh, you're so cocky. You think you're right. No, I think the word of God is right. We need to line up with the word of God. It's not about people. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, that you can depend on. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. It doesn't matter how you're baptized. You can be sprinkled. You can be dipped. It doesn't matter what's said over you in baptism as long as you're baptized. Is that what the Bible says? One Lord, one faith, 
one baptism. Now, I got a, a broadcast for you here today. Every candidate in the New Testament that was baptized was immersed in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. That's for you Southerners. That's why Peter preached this Acts 2 and 38 message, because he had the keys to the kingdom of heaven, because of the revelation that he had, and because Jesus was building his church. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There it is. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Ephesians chapter four. Let me talk to you about this. Ephesians 4, 14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. The slight of men, the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You know, I talked to you about that three-pronged plug this morning. One of those is a ground This is the ground. These are the prongs. We need to be grounded in the faith. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it and be able to defend it. We need to. So that we're not tossed to and about by every wind of doctrine. Oh, Jesus is here. Look at all these people that are being healed. And Jesus is here. Look at all these people that are worshiping. And look at the mega churches. Don't look at that. Where's the truth? Where's the truth in all of this? I believe we ought to worship God in spirit. I believe we ought to be enthusiastic. I believe we ought to be zealous in our worship. But we also need to worship in truth. You know, I may not always be popular with you, but if I can just stay popular with God, I'll be all right here. I'm preaching to you the truth. Get a hold of this. And don't let anybody shake you from it. Well, I think any kind of bad. Well, show me in the scripture your baptism. I'll show you mine according to the scripture. You show me yours according to the scripture. And here's what we are supposed to do beyond that. We are to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. God doesn't want us to be a bunch of know-it-all, mean-spirited, I-know-something-you-don't-know, cocky, arrogant people. He doesn't want that. He wants us to speak the truth in love. Share your testimony. 
Let me tell you what it was like to be baptized in Jesus' name. I saw this in the scripture. It was the blueprint of my salvation. Are you connecting the dots here today? Do you feel like Noah with your apostolic doctrine? While other people have all kinds of doctrines and gods and ideas and philosophies and traditions and rudiments of this world and not after Christ? Maybe you feel a little bit like Noah, but Noah was right. And he did what he was told to do. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into all things, which is the head, even Christ. For whom the, now watch this, this sounds like the building of an ark to me. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase, we're building the body under the edifying of itself in pitch. Pitch. What is the importance of pitch? Well, I think there could be a little room between the boards. And if there's room between the boards, the water will find it. But if there is pitch, somebody preach with me today. If there is pitch inside the ark with the family of God, we cover up the cracks, the things that could sink the ship, we cover up with the love of God from the inside of the ship. We work with one another. We serve together. There are no big eyes and little U's. We're all being put together. And then we get on the outside of the boat and we pitch that too. We try and get along with people. We try and help them. We're not mean-spirited. We're kind. We're humble. We're gracious. We're patient. Somebody say amen. I'm running out of words. We pitch outside. What are we pitching outside of these walls? If this is the ark, at least for this group, what are we pitching outside? What are we telling people on the outside of the building? We need to love people. We need to love people into the kingdom of God. Somebody says to you, oh, boy, I'm having trouble at home. You know what? Let me help you with that. I'm going to pray with you. I can relate to a time when I had trouble in my marriage, and you share your testimony, and, and you share a bit of the word of God. What are you doing? You're pitching leaks. There's a bunch of leakers out there. They need your pitch. Pitch the truth in love. They need it to stop the bleeding. They're hurting. They need your pitch. Praise God. They need your pitch. And so we follow the blueprint. Let me see if I can wrap this up because I think you've got it figured out. Genesis 7 and 1, the Lord said to Noah, 
Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for I have seen thee righteous before me in this generation. For yet seven days and I will cause it to rain, verse four, upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Why did he have them get in the ark seven days early? I do not know. Why hasn't he come yet? I do not know. But if he told me to get in the ark, I'm going to get in the ark. And I'm taking my family with me, and we're going to wait until he tells us it's time to come out of the ark because there's one way in and there's one way out. And you may not like seven days of wait. Hey, where's that Noah character? Haven't seen him for a while. Oh, he's, he's in the ark. Seven days early. I don't, you don't have to understand everything. And let me give you this. Genesis 6 and 19, this will not be popular. The animals came in. Genesis 6, 19. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male We got four couples in the ark, male and female. And now he says, we're going to bring the animals in, and two of them are going to come in, and they're going to come in as couples too. And the couples will be male and female. You get it? And they went in, verse 16, went in, male and female of all flesh, as God commanded him, Uh uh-oh, and the Lord shut him in. 120 years, and now a shut door. And finally, the things that Noah had talked about It started to rain. Let's stand together. Genesis chapter 6. God wants to save you. And God wants to save your family. And he has a plan. A plan. One plan. You must be born of the water and the spirit. Not optional. And here needs to be the character of every one of us. Genesis 6 and 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Noah never took any shortcuts, he never looked for the minimum. He never gave up on the project. 120 years with no help from anybody but his family and his God. But one day, they were in the ark and they were saved because Noah did according to all. Can God say anything to you?
Can God ask anything of you? In verse one of the next chapter says, and the Lord said to Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Jesus, I pray today that you would help us to be like Noah, to do all that you ask us to do for as long as you ask us to do it. Help us, Lord, to be seen as righteous in your eyes, even if we're not seen as righteous in others' eyes. Help us to build the church with you following the blueprint, the plans that you have for each and every individual life, not only for the ones that are here and are in, but for those who are yet to come. Help us to pitch inside and outside of this ark before you shut the door and tribulation begins. I pray that this altar will be a place today where we will reconsecrate ourselves and we will also pick up our cross, our burden, and our calling and go to the world and warn them of the evil. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.